0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Vibing and Striving podcast. I'm Joe.
1: And my name is Hassan and
0: boys and girls, have we got a
1: treat for you, right? We're just dishing out the guests. I'm telling you, like it's just happening now. We had one guest and now we're just on a roll. We're joined by the co-founder of Prospect 100. If you guys haven't got an idea of what Prospect 100 is, I'll give you a very quick rundown. My guy Harry over here is going to give you the full rundown, but in brief, These guys are leading the generation of the youth by building competitions and getting everyone involved under the age of 25, some pretty crazy stuff. And he's built it since COVID, you know, like he's built it proper quick. But Harry, Harry, please tell us, give us a little, um, give us a little taster of what your brand's all about and your journey so
2: far. Yeah, well, cheers, uh, both of you for having me on. I appreciate it. So to give a taster, basically, Prospect 100, we run global design competitions for young creatives aged 25 and under um, and we work with some of the biggest brands in the world uh, for these competitions, so whether that be at the moment we've got a competition going on with Swatch, um, one of the biggest watch brands in the world, I'm sure we're all more than fully aware of who they are, but our last competition was with uh, Kering, who are the fashion group that own Gucci, Blenciaga, Yves Saint Laurent, Alexander McQueen, etc. And before that we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so we work with a real variety of companies whether it be like super high-end and prestigious like a caring or something a bit more pop culture like Swatch and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but I think what's really cool with our competitions is not only the fact that we are offering like the opportunities to collaborate and work with the biggest brands in the world which if I'm being honest like th- these opportunities are career defining it's not something that many people can offer the opportunity to go and collaborate with a brand like Swatch or with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I think these early career cosigns are so important for for young artists and creatives coming up now. Because when we look at all the people who are taking the biggest jobs in the industries or who are making the biggest name for themselves, so many of them had really early career co Like, I mean, we all know the fact that basically everyone in the world of fashion right now was working with Kanye West at some point or has had The seal of approval from someone like Virgil Abloh or even Rihanna's obviously had a massive impact when it comes to cosigns. And so we're trying our best as an organization to effectively go and secure these amazing cosigns and what we believe to be career-defining cosigns for young creatives, Mm. and then effectively distributing them in the most democratic way possible, which is through competitions. And so, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. I, I guess in simple terms, we're trying to be to competitions, what say TED are to public speeches. You know, that's like our aim, we want to be the number oh, one. Oh, I like team. that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the vision, I guess. I mean, uh, maybe, I know uh, Alex, who I'm sure we'll speak about him in a bit, my co-founder, well, one of my co-founders for Prospect 100. He prefers the idea of being the supreme of competitions, but I really like the analogy of TED because I think no one else really does what TED do. And they've really cemented themselves in pop culture, and I, I just think what's amazing with TED is, you know, it, it you literally if I went on a rant, or if any of us going to rant at some point right now, we might end it by saying, you know, thanks for coming to my TED talk. It's something that really is embedded in pop culture, but if mm. you said to someone at the very beginning like, oh, I'm going to start the number one public speaking events organization, people wouldn't really get what you're doing. And I feel Mm. that that's the position we're in right now. You know, people. If I say to people, like particularly my parents or my parents' friends or whatever, yeah, I run online global design competitions. They often don't really get what we're doing,
1: what that means. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: But I really think that in a few years' time, you know, hopefully we'll be in the point where we just say our name. You understand what that means?
1: Mm. This is this is what I like about your business specifically, which I think, I think for anyone starting a business. If, if you want it to go crazy, you want it to go global. I think the best idea is an idea that has never been done before. You're not just copy and pasting. Cause like so many people start a business, right? And they're like, Oh, this person made this much money drop shipping, this stuff online from Alibaba. I guess I'm going to do that as well. Like there's, there's no diversity, but now we're going into a field that has never even been think of before. And you're kind of setting yourself up as the um, as the dominant in in the market in the, in the new market, which is crazy. Because I mean, it, mm. redefining redefining how how the youth can go up the career ladder. Because you know, I'm sure as you're aware of, you creative is a bit different. But for academically, you go to uni, you get the good degree, you get the good grades, and you get a job. But this is just changing. This is just changing the game. This is changing the game. I feel, which is what's so unique about it. Unique about it.
2: Yeah, I think there's a few things to touch upon and uh, I guess I've got a few answers to questions lock and loaded in my head, so forgive me if I go off topic, but I think really relating to this is super interesting because we're in such a weird time right now, right, where um, it's actually quite tricky, I feel, for us as a generation to understand who do we go to for advice, for particularly when it comes to careers, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Like the world at the moment is changing so quickly. It's probably, you know, you could argue is developing at its quickest ever rate in terms of the way that society acts, behaves and lives, etc. And I think what was super interesting was when I was at school, I remember listening to um, like a guy in my year asking a teacher about career advice. And it was relating to the world of art and the world of like design, etc. And the advice Mm. being given was you know um i i guess very traditional in terms of university and internships and blah 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 but actually like the week before i just met this guy called harry hambley i really recommend anyone listening go and google harry hambley um he runs an instagram account called ketnips k-e-t-n-i-p-z and it's an online cartoon series one of the most followed independent comics in the world and he's like my age you know he's 22 23 and he's got 3 million followers on Instagram, his posts have got probably the best engagement of any account that size on the internet. And I was talking to him about how he got into the world of art and the world of design. And the answers that he was giving me were basically a foreign language to the answers that my teacher were giving. And I'm not saying that that means one is right and one is wrong. But my point was I was just so fascinated by this concept that actually, you know, my teacher would never ever sell tell someone to create an Instagram account and to brand themselves like you know the the stuff that Katniss was saying was completely foreign to what any teacher was saying and I thought it was super fascinating and interesting. It's, I then started thinking really you know for young people where do you go for the most relevant and up to date career advice because with industries changing so quickly you know who would have ever guessed. 20 years ago let's say if you were asking someone at university to do with fashion about how you could become the creative director of Louis Vuitton who would have ever given you the track path I guess that Virgil Abloh followed or who would have ever told you if you wanted to become an artist to do what Daniel Arsham did and I'm sure I'll probably reference Arsham a lot more later on so I won't talk too much about that now but there are so many different pathways and I think Katnipps obviously is probably the most unique because of how new it like his rise to prominence is in terms of no one else has really been around long enough to to do what he's done it's something which I think only someone of his age could have done really Um, yeah it's just I I don't know where you go to to get advice and I think that I've always then been fascinated about creating a platform that offers that kind of guidance or support in some way and I I didn't necessarily envision it to be prospect 100 um, but you know that's what it has morphed to becoming I think that's pretty cool i think quickly go back to the point i think you made Hassan, which was to do with like being unique as a business i think the one thing that i've always been super passionate about is really setting your stall out there like saying that you are something super unique so for example like we could easily say we run competitions but for me that's too broad so we did if you look through our instagram we did do some competitions in different fields but we realized very quickly that actually it's so important to set your stool out there so we really said right we're only for young people 25 and under that instantly makes us unique we're only for design we're always global you know there were a few things which we said and i think that way it's like okay there might be other entities running competitions and obviously brands run their own competitions literally all the time but we made ourselves so distinct and so different i think that what's cool is it then means that when you think of design competitions, if you ever think design competitions, we should be front of mind. Like we should be the first entity you think of. And the example I always give, and I don't know if it's too rogue, but it's like, think of the companies, you know, that are super famous. They usually dominate for one thing and then they can diversify afterwards, but they dominate for one thing. So like with the North Face, they dominate puffer jackets. So when you say puffer jacket, it's such a rogue, like weird thing to be the dominating brand for, but that's what they dominate. And like I mentioned to you earlier, TED, they dominate this really weird niche space of being public speeches. But both of those entities have built up these massive brands, obviously, they can do whatever they want pretty much from, from that platform. And I think that it's really cool, as you said, Hassan, not to just start an entity which does basically the same as everyone else. But, you know, like you see so many things online which just have like, in their opinion, a cooler logo or they say like, oh, we're run by kids. So that makes us different. I, I don't think it, I don't think that's enough obviously and so we really want to set our stall out there to be we are going to put ourselves in a real niche like it's obviously super super niche to do youth design competitions on a global scale completely on the internet but we're going to own that niche we're going to be the number one for it and make it as big as we possibly can do and I think that would be maybe my number one I, I don't want to say piece of advice because I'm 22 and obviously I haven't built anything massive yet so I would prefer to i mean i mean bro it's pretty damn good but I, I think i'd rather say like the number one thing i've learned or the number one thing i feel feel like i've learned to this point like speaking in this current moment in this current state of mind that would be the number one thing i think i've learned from the process so far is like we definitely started being too broad like we wanted to do competitions for every field we wanted to do one for um, like entrepreneurship we were thinking of loads of different things we could do competitions for but really I think sitting back, you go, actually no, I'd rather mean something to a small number of people, but like mean so much to them because we only talk design, we're always creating new design competitions and you can mean a lot to that smaller group of people, than meaning like a little bit to a wider audience, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's super interesting what you've done and where you're going and what you've built so far. Um, I personally would like to take it back to when you first started out and I would obviously I would love to hear where you want to go with it, and that's a topic of the you know of the podcast. But I would like to just ask you um, how how did this idea come come to mind? You know, where were you in your own personal life if you want to go into that? Um, I know you you started in lockdown, and um, how did you how did you get the funding for it? Because this is you're working with some massive massive brands, and Again, I guess you could, the question is again, um, you know, again, where did you start? How did you get the funding? But most importantly, I think I would like to ask is how did the brands respect you? If that makes sense as in like, how did they know you were actually like, you know, what you say and how did you get to work with, um, you know, all the big brands in in the world?
2: Take it bit by bit. And let's go to, how do we start? To be honest with you, we kind of joke about it, I still don't fully understand how we came to Prospect 100 as a concept. Like, we, there was a group of us that I met these two uh, other young guys uh, from other, like, like, from years prior, I think I met them both in 2017, but I'd only ever met them on Facebook, and so I just really respect them for what they were doing. Alexandra, who goes by the name Malinsky, who's super prominent in the world of fashion, Uh, Just did a massive collaboration with Eminem uh, for anyone that's listening and wants to go check him out. And then there's another guy as well called Adam Flanagan who was running these tech events in Belfast and they became like the biggest youth hackathons in Europe. Uh, He started them at 14 years old. So I was always like really inspired by those two people, um, like just kind of seeing what they were doing from afar. And then towards like mm, late 2019. I was telling them, oh, we should do something together. And we didn't really know necessarily what it was to do with it. We knew we wanted to do something to do with young people. And like, I really liked what Adam had done with events. So I was adamant that we should go and do these like in-person events and we should do the biggest youth events in the world. And we'd been speaking with brands like Google, Rolls Royce, Sony Music, um, you know, name insert any big brand pretty much about like, uh, even the flipping uh, UK space agency, which I think would have been really cool. but we were talking about doing these in-person events for young people that were interested in their fields. And obviously then Corona came and those became completely impossible to do. So we'd spent so much time thinking about it. I guess we were probably in the state of mind, like, okay, what could we do to keep these going, uh, even though we can't do it in person? And so the natural progression would be towards digital events. And that's what Adam was great for doing. And and I think, I know Alexandra definitely has I I presume Adam as well but I I definitely feel like I'm quite like sport and so I definitely have a competitive spirit so I'm sure that one of the three of us probably suggested doing a competition um, driven type event and I'm sure yeah to get a majority of the three of us would have been pretty easy to do Uh, so we started running these competitions obviously online and as I mentioned earlier the first one was actually in music we we wanted to do a music competition we thought that could be a really cool thing to do Um, so i guess hopefully that tackles the first question of how everything came to be um initially like again it's a bit of a blur for me because it really came in lockdown i think it really came more than anything from wanting to probably keep busy in lockdown and wanting to do something cool for young people um but yeah i actually have no idea how we came to the the concept of online competitions to be honest with you um but yeah we, we got there thankfully um, no, it
0: definitely answers the first question. So
2: yeah, and yeah. then to go on to, I guess, the second question, which was about funding it. So this is where I think Adam's been amazing, particularly. Because Adam is, like, he's got a real kind of found, like, a, a, he's from the world of technology, right? So he's got this amazing kind of founder's brain and, and fully understands, like, I think, you know, the fundamentals to starting a company as he did with his events company initially. And one of the things that we promised ourselves is we would never like waste money or do anything crazy dumb. Like I'm sure some people think some stuff we've done is dumb, but to start Prospect 100, when you look at what we had, we didn't really need any money. Like we, we created an Instagram account. We we did set up a Squarespace website. That I think it's like 10 pounds a month maybe or something like that. Mm. Um, i just trying to think what else we did. Like, pretty much it like we bought our url off godaddy that was probably that might have been maybe a hundred pounds um because we bought it for x number of years or something uh, and, and i mean we did do some other legal things as well like we got trademarks and stuff but we don't, oh, yeah, don't yeah. need to do that so like whilst that was an expense for us i think it was a couple of hundred pounds um mm. to get that done. Like, we, obviously we didn't need to do that at that stage we could have just done one competition and never ever done that but yeah i think we were to quote Adam, like, really bootstrapping at the beginning. Um, we Yeah, we, we really didn't need much. So I, I think that's the really cool thing with the internet right now. If you have an idea, like, with Instagram, I truly... I, I, for me, Instagram is the greatest thing of all time. Uh, not all of time, that's a complete lie. But, yeah, it's, it's a really great thing. Um, and mm. it means that you can effectively start your own website. It can be your marketing tool. You can reach out to anyone in the world from Instagram DMs. It's insane. And so that really... us like we didn't need anything else other than instagram and we had a squarespace website just to look a bit more legitimate i guess but we didn't need it to be quite frank um so yeah like in terms of costs we didn't really have like we did obviously have some but it's not not like we sat down and said yeah we need 50 grand or you know it wasn't a crazy sum of money you know it was like 10 pounds a month or something and then buying the url
1: i guess that really gives light that if you have got an idea you got a concrete idea and you've got a plan of action behind it you don't need actually that much money to scale up to a level where you're talking to some big players now and that's what you guys have exactly done had a plan had the right people and, and carried that through and now you guys are flying looks like
2: yeah i mean i think this kind of moves on to the third question joe is like how do you speak to these big brands i think this is where Alex's expertise came in, and I think what you guys will probably notice is the fact that I talk about Adam and Alex a lot because I think they're two like yeah. what I refer to as A players, and I think that again another really important thing would be make sure you only surround yourself with A players. If I'm being completely mm. honest, like if you don't truly like respect and admire the people you're with, like, I I really don't see the the point in creating a project with them because for me, like if Alex or Adam gave a suggestion. Like, I almost treated it as gospel, which maybe wasn't always the best thing. Cause maybe I, I don't know. Like I never had an issue with it, but I'm sure some people say that's not the best idea. But yeah, I really respect both of their opinions. And Alex from the beginning, because he obviously built a pretty successful clothing brand. I think most people, if they don't know it by name, would know their products called NASA Seasons, and it's stocked in like seventy oh, wow. of the world's leading yeah, stores: yeah. Selfridges, Harrods, blah blah blah. And one of the things that he said to me was that when he was starting the brand the thing that really made his products obviously like pop off was the fact that he had celebrity endorsements so obviously the product never changes his attitude to the product never changes the way he approaches people doesn't change but then one day Rihanna wears his hat and all of a sudden everyone's perception of him changed hmm. and so that made him super valuable I guess and stores from all over the world were trying to you know buy his product and get his stuff in the stores because Rihanna, Emma Watson, Beyonce I believe, Kim Kardashian's kid, Northwest, you know like loads of people wearing his stuff and all of a sudden that gives him this like perception of again his product hasn't changed right but everyone's perception of the product has changed and so what Alex already noted from the very beginning is we need to make sure that with our competitions we do something that ensures that we show to people we are like a I'm going to use this word but I probably don't mean this word but like a cool entity So for us, using, I say using, that's completely the wrong language, but for us, by building a celebrity judging panel for each competition, that not only creates way more excitement for young people, but actually, you know, helps to elevate the brand of Prospect 100, so that for future competitions, it's like, wow, like they're this judging panel last time, I wonder who's going to judge next time, or whatever it might be. And so I think that gave us a lot of credibility and obviously it meant that some magazines were writing about what we were doing because they'd seen xyz celebrity talking about us on social media and it just gave us this like level of legitimacy that we wouldn't have had if we just kind of said hey we're three kids um running some competitions on the internet
1: yeah definitely Getting, getting some some big names behind it I definitely adds the credibility because I found that myself, when of my small business that if I just go off the credibility of myself, then no one really cares. Right? So I think it's definitely having those names that are established to back it up and that really gives some extra value to the whole thing and gets people more excited. As you said, hundred percent
2: for sure on it. I think, you know, we've been super blessed that a lot of high profile people have seen what we're doing and understand what we're trying to do for like, for young designers around the world, so they've been super supportive. Um, even after the competition, Stephen Smith, big shout out to him, the head of design for Yeezy, is liking like all of our posts and stuff. And Sean <laughs> Motherspoon comments on quite a few of the posts as well. So, like, big love to all the people who have judged our competition, and then stayed with us for the ride as well. But I definitely think that what was interesting is we did a sneaker competition, it was our third ever competition, and that was the one which I really think attracted eyeballs because Alex really set this competition up and he really reached out to all the biggest names in the sneaker game I guess and pretty much everyone minus Virgil Abloh and Kanye West were on that panel that you would want on that panel if that makes sense like obviously there are names that have arisen since like Salah Bembry, who's actually judging this current competition whom we would have loved for that competition but uh, I think that 10 individual judging panel was insane we had people like Sean Wotherspoon Jeff Staple, Stephen Smith, uh, Trouble Andrew, who obviously probably better known as Gucci Ghost, maybe. Mm. Um, and a load of individuals, Sarah Andelman, the founder of Colette, of course, etc. So there were some amazing judges on that panel. And I think that anyone in the sneaker community really saw that. And we had high snobiety write articles about us. And that's when we really got like some interest. We had Vice dropped us an email about like creating a documentary, you know, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I think that's for us when really touch wood again you know like brands started taking us quite seriously as well yeah. so we were able to mobilize like a lot of young people we really understood as well like we're not just going to create a sneaker competition because oh we think sneakers like popular or training whatever we really like need, again mainly Alex because he's obviously super plugged into sneaker community but he really understood who the individuals were, that we needed as judges in order to make this like a legitimate competition in order to make this a competition that young people cared for and off the mm. back of that, like the winner of that competition has just been offered a job at Carl Lagerfeld to become a sneaker designer or a footwear designer, I should say. Um, we had a girl get offered a six month internship followed by a full time job, at, uh, guess you know, guest jeans in Los Angeles. Wow. And so, yeah, you know, she was a girl at Loughborough University and now she's got an internship and/slash a full time job over in LA. So it's really, again, career defining opportunities, and that was from.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. You're giving people like I, this brings me back now to when I started to when I was going through the whole uni process, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, you need to like have these things that you've done that um, that make you look good on your personal statement." So some work experience you've done, some volunteering, all of that stuff. And then you, if you do this, like this is one of those things that just blow it out of the water, like. You do something like that, that's it. Like, it's, it, it's get. I feel like it's getting to that level of credibility where like a company sees like, I assume like that's kind of what you're going for as well where a company sees that as like, oh shit. Like they won the competition. You know, this guy, this guy, they know what they're doing. You
2: know, like we should, we should take this person on. Absolutely hit it on the head. And I think that's where our name comes from. Prospect 100, right? Like we were looking at Forbes 30 under 30 thinking could we do something like this for design and so i think we've done i think of all the things we've done this is probably what we've done the worst job of so far but as of next year hopefully we're going to make it a bit more explicit and cleaner um but every year we do four competitions and there's 25 semi finalists per competition so i really want us to showcase right here are the 100 people that make the class of prospect 100 for 2022 right and i really hope that one day this can be a big enough thing that brands look at it and go, "Wow, they're in the prospect 100. They must be oh, one of the amazing. best young designers in the world." You know, that's that's where
0: we're hoping to get to. Yeah, this is just amazing. I mean, like, you know, I'm just sitting quiet and just taking it all in because there's a lot to there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to, you know, really understand. And it's just it's a pleasure to just to speak to you. Really, it's amazing. Um, I would, I, I just want to pick your brain really and just ask you. Because you've had such a lot of experiences throughout, you know, the making of Prospect 100. Um, I would ask you if you could pick maybe three or five, like, really massive learning curves for you or, yeah, learning curves. What would it be and why? I think the two
2: biggest, um, the ones I've already stated, which would be things like really own a niche, if that makes sense. Like, just state and put your hand in the air and say, okay, it might sound ridiculous, but we are... You know, we are the world's leading. I don't, I actually don't know if you are like allowed to use that kind of language, but we, but we do. So, you know, we're the world's leading youth design competitions, and I'm really hammer that point at home. Like every time we speak, it's always global design competition. It's always, you know, 25. We use the same language over and over and over again, and really just trying to communicate till people hopefully can't forget the fact that Prospect 100 they do global design competitions. Like if, if that is all people can remember about us, then that's a, a good starting point. So. That's something which we're really trying to own, like state your niche and own it, if you can, obviously. Yeah. Um, that would be point number one. Point number two, I think is definitely surrounding yourself with amazing individuals. Um, as I mentioned, like, we only deal with A players, in my opinion. If you look at our team, our team's super small. There's obviously the three co-founders. and We've got two people working for us um, by the name of Vincent and Ludovic, so shout out them. And Vincent does all of our graphic work and he's insane. Ludovic deals with all of our partnerships and, you know, you guys have mentioned already about all the names of the brands we've worked with and all the the judges, etc. So again, it really proves that what Ludovic does is insanely impactful and he works so hard. I mean, the the hours that guy does are just incredible. So, you know, like the the A team, I think, is such an important thing. And I I guess for the third point, to think on the spot, another massive learning curve for me would be Uh, I guess I'll probably probably regret this afterwards and think of a better point but um, I guess self-confidence would be a massive thing as well because at the end of the day like you know we are talking to some massive individuals whether it's judges or whether that be brands and I guess if you're going to have the balls to do that you've got to have some self-confidence and I I, I guess actually probably a better third point would be like um, how would you word this like kind of persistency maybe it's just you know, if we, our philosophy has always been: if I email a hundred judges and one says yes, then I've got one amazing judge, and then it should be easier for me to get other judges right because I've only got one.
1: Mm, mm, yeah, you know what? I I totally agree with that. Like, you just have to keep shooting, and eventually one lands. But the problem most people have is that they don't even take the damn shots. They just they just stop before they even did anything.
2: For a fact, so like some of the names that we've secured over the last year or so have been outrageous. Like. Again, it's not design-related, but we had for our, like, tech competition, which was our second-ever competition. So, our our second-ever competition with some random kids who have an Instagram account with maybe, like, 2,000 followers, absolute max. And we got Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, to judge a competition. Oh, damn! That's that's fucking mad! What the fuck? I couldn't believe it was real for for the longest period. And the yeah there's so many mad stories to do with Woz I guess but you know when we got him on a FaceTime or uh, a Zoom call <laughs> I guess I was like well this is this is actually mad it's like this guy changed the world um and you know most people would never dare to even google what is Steve Wozniak's email let alone actually send an email let alone actually yeah mail. yeah yeah but it goes to show like the, the people like Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones like one of the most iconic if not the most iconic rock band uh, alongside the Beatles probably of all time mm-hmm. And to have him supporting our initiative, going live with us on Instagram, it's like, Sean Wotherspoon, again, such a big name in the sneaker design world. Yeah. And it's like, if we don't shoot our shot, we're never going to get them. But at the end of the day, yeah. I know if I shoot 100 shots, the chances is one's going to say yes. And that's the same with like mm. brands or whatever it might be. And obviously, people don't see the 99 rejections. They only see the one acceptance. Yeah, exactly. So for all you guys know, for our first competition that was branded, which was with the team Eastman Ninja Turtles, for all, everyone else in the world knows we might have emailed 10,000 companies and only one said yes but mm. we worked with the THP Ninja Turtles and that's legendary and no one will ever know if we, ever, if we sent one email or if we sent 10,000 but I think that would be a big thing for me is like the persistence factor because at the end of the day if you don't have uh, I want to use a, a kind and friendly word but I probably have to use a slightly harsher word in terms of like if you don't have the willingness I guess
0: yeah,
2: to send 100 if you haven't got the balls, if you haven't got the balls
1: to do it, basically, <laughs> you, you, you just got. Yeah, say whatever you want, mate. It's, it's we, we don't care. Like if people don't like the language and they just click off, I don't care. Honestly,
2: I, I, want, I, I definitely don't want to come across as like one of those guys that says like yeah, we, we do the, blah, blah but like really. I mean, we're in lockdown and nothing.
1: I mean, I mean, bro, like you, have bro, you, you can, you can't talk like that because you are walking the walk. You know, you know, you just, you're not sitting there being like, oh yeah, yeah, we did all of this and you got nothing to
2: show for it. Like bro, like what you got to show for it is, is good, man. It's proper good. The persistence factor is a huge thing because it, if mm. you, if you want to work with 10 celebrities, you can't expect to email 10 celebrities and get 10 yeses. You need yeah. to expect mm. to email thousands quite probably. And Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest with you, it it obviously only gets easier. So the number of emails we're sending for each competition now is probably like one hundredth of what we were sending for our first ever, one. you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people get stuff misconstrued. Like, I'm from Bedfordshire. I don't know if you guys know Bedford. um, Yeah, like, it's a small kind of rural town in England. And best believe there aren't any, like, famous sneaker designers from Bedford. So it's not as if, like... I came into this with a, a, a ton of connections. Obviously, I was I was lucky because I was able to convince like Alexandra to mm. to co found I, I said convinced but this. It's so like an idea we came up with. But, you know, I convinced him it was okay to work with myself and Adam, etc. And he had a few connections coming into it. But it's not as if like we had direct line to Kanye West or something. You know, it's not as if any of this came terribly easy to us. We did send a hell of a lot of emails. Um, I mean- and put in quite a bit of work so i think that, that would just be probably my third and final big thing is like you know perceptions kind of reality and if you're super persistent no one's ever going to see the elves you just got to be down to take an L on the chin and hopefully like maybe de- i think being slightly deluded helps as well like you can be delusional enough 100%. to go well they're going to reject they're going to re- um they're going to regret saying no to this in five
0: years time yeah. you know that's I mean, you just—you had a fantastic idea, you know. At the start of it, you had an idea, and it's like, you know, you you worked on it and you believed in it and you manifest it. And yeah, I I do believe that, you know, with myself and when I started my own clothing line, I I was deluded. I still am to this day. I think that's still one of the, one of the main benefits of me, to be honest, is that when everyone says, you know, you can't do it, it's impossible, you know, for your, um, for an example for yourself, you know, how are you going to convince all these big brands or these big celebrities to join you, you know? You have to have that you have to be a bit you know deluded but also you have to have that really people that don't believe in you and say you can't do that that has to motivate you and that has to like you know really fire you up and get you going and just you know the willingness I think in yourself to prove them wrong has to be a massive factor which I think you you clearly have and it's you know again you just had an idea you met loads of great people along the along your way just from putting yourself out there and I I do believe a bit of luck comes into it like a bit of luck for myself as well but just a massive well done you know it's truly amazing what you've done and where you're going and i'm i'm really excited um to see where it all goes
2: i was obviously like where does prospect 100 go from here really because obviously we can we want to definitely do next year a full year of four you know we've never done a, a full year of four design competitions Yeah Uh, because that was something we really started doing midway through this year really I guess Um, so that's really from the beginning of next year that's a a clean slate for us I guess to go and do four big design competitions in a row Um, and again really just put our name out there and keep growing our audience but it's what else I I don't don't know can Prospect 100 just do four big competitions a year is that even sustainable I don't know I think there's so many fun things and ideas that I've got in my head uh, I know Alex and Adam and Ludovic and Vincent have all got their own ideas as well. And it's like, you know, I guess I don't want to give like too much away because that ruins the excitement. But I definitely think the easy thing to say would be we should be doing a competition every single week. Like maybe it's not as high level. Like we should be doing obviously four massive competitions per year. In my opinion, the biggest competitions in the world. Mm. But we should maybe be doing smaller ones every single week. To keep growing our community and keep providing for our community of young designers. Like I think that would be a very logical next step just up the volume. And yeah. then yeah, like there's one much bigger idea that I've got in my head which I think I need to seek some like further guidance on to so whether it's like dumb or if it's too deluded or dumb or whatever. But I've got a vision of where we want to go but as I said like I really am inspired by a brand like Ted because they've yeah. got this amazing leverage between they've got effectively two brands right you've got TED they do these massive talks with big famous individuals and they've got TEDx which is slightly more scalable and I think that it could be interesting if we can do a weekly competition where you don't get allocated to the the you know the, as I mentioned the class of prospect 100 from the competitions uh, maybe they're not with brands. Um, Maybe they're like smaller prizes, but they're definitely just more for fun and it's a means of giving back to our community and really re-emphasizing that we're the number one for competitions in the design sphere. So I think that's probably the next step for us. And um, yeah, wow. we'll wait and see if really the idea that we've got for a longer term vision is too dumb or too deluded. Dilute, too but um, yeah, I think we've got some really big plans. I think for me, I'm just really excited because the world of design can be so big. And I think when you look around us, you know, designers now are actually massive celebrities, and people like Virgil Abloh. You know, he's pretty much a household name. I was in a, I was at a festival over the summer, and you know, Burner Boy was performing, and he's got that song, Off White Sh- uh, I forget exactly what uh, location I think, and he says like, Off White Shoes came straight from Virgil Abloh, and you've got twenty, thirty thousand people singing Virgil Abloh's name, and. You know, people like Daniel Arsham, and Sean Wotherspoon, you know, they're all massive names in their own rights. And I just, I, again, I don't have the perspective, so I don't know, but were there ever individuals who were as famous in like a pop culture term from the world of fashion and design as Virgil Abloh is now? Uh, historically speaking, I, I don't know, but I think it's really inspiring for so many young artists and creatives to really realize that actually you can become like a rock star whilst being a designer yeah. or being an artist. Like before, I. I Again, maybe i'm wrong maybe this is just like a bed perspective on online it's like you know i can't imagine my grand my dad growing up thinking about like, oh, if i'm good at art i can become a rock star whereas <laughs> now i think you can have that perception because we see someone like Abloh is a rock star right and hmm. i really hope that we can become like a massive part of that hopeful I don't even know what you want to call like design movement or something where more and more people become rock stars who are designers. More and more people get inspired by the likes of Daniel Arsham or Virgil Abloh um, and want to become like these big names. Takashi Murakami would be another amazing name. Someone like Kaws, Futura, but even Banksy. I guess you know. Like, I think it'd be really cool if we could become an entity that. Ch-
0: yeah. I just think the one thing for me that is just amazing about Prospect 100, and. Um, it's just, from my perspective, okay, um, the world of design is massive, I'm, I'm heavily in it, you know, I, I, I do massive repeat patterns, I've got my own clothing brand, but design is so, 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 so big. And the people that you look at the top of the design, like all of the big names you've just said and you've worked with, I think in the design industry are seen as rock stars exactly like you just said. But I feel like for such a long time, for generation maybe, that they've just, they're seen as like unattainable, like you can't get up there. Like if you were like in a rock band or like a, or like a band in secondary school, it's the same kind of, you know, feeling As in well. like you see all these big bands, One Direction, whatever, whoever you want to say, I just said One Direction because my sister loves them. Um, but you see them as like unattainable. I think what Prospect 100 actually does is it kind of gives you a massive boost up there and it kind of opens the gate to be like, you actually can get up here and here's exactly how you can do it yes we will host yearly competitions of like four competitions a year and they will be really 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 big and then you know if you get into it and you win that's a big thing but actually we're going to host weekly competitions as well in the future if you do it and that I think that gives people a little bit of a taste of like oh I can actually win because unlike music and everything they have like you know competitions at school and everything but when you're a designer you don't You really have competitions where you can post your work and you can get some feedback or you can get that kind of you know feeling of like oh wow i've beaten all these guys and they like my work you know so i think these weekly competitions are really really amazing i think that kind of gives people a idea of like oh i can actually do it and then i could actually try to go for you know the yearly thing and i think the weekly ones you will just grow your community immensely i think
2: sports teams or whatever it might be but you get like these amazing grades if you do well at mass english but for me design was always that one where like there wasn't art prize or something at yeah school. i don't even know if it was yearly but you know I, I think you mentioned like when we think rocks like to be a famous athlete like everyone knows how cool that is to be a famous actor everyone knows how or actress i should say as well everyone knows how cool that is to be a famous singer or rock star like, we all know these things because they're in pop culture but for me at least until something like Virgil Abloh came along. I never really thought, like, oh, it would be so cool to be the creative director of Louis Vuitton yeah. or something. You know, like, I don't think of it, like, maybe just subconsciously, and I'm not a designer myself either, by the way, so maybe I'm a bit biased to that, but
0: you never think of designers to be in that bracket. No, I mean, I am a designer, and I've never thought design to be in that bracket. I mean... For me, it's like, I really hope that
2: Virgil is that almost, like, pioneer in some way, and obviously Kanye as well, to be like actually, mm. yeah, designers again I, I don't know like fame doesn't particularly drive me but I know that it's just you need someone that's in the limelight to showcase like okay this is possible like and you can go and do these things when you look at Virgil's Instagram like, if I followed Virgil's Instagram and I was a designer I'd be so inspired because every mm. day he's launching a new collaborations in like three different countries a day doing the
0: wildest stuff I think another I think sorry to butt in I think another design that's really cool um, is Beeple on NFTs I think that's a field that's not it's so new to everyone and I'm not sure if you're going to ever work with like a company that does NFTs or anything, but I think that digital art is a thing that's, that is going to happen and it's going to blow and it already has, you know, and there's a lot of, there's just so, so much scalability in that, in that kind of art and it's so new, you know, so I think that.
2: When you look at something like Beep, I think what Beep has got something like 4 million followers. Yeah, or like crazy. And it's like. For me, I, I look at this and go, right, okay, there are so many young designers all around the world. And what I think is amazing about our competitions, if I'm honest, is not necessarily the winner, but it's about the self-confidence that we can give to like a broader number of people. So for example, if you make the semi-final, you know that one of our famous judges has selected you and said, like, oh, I really like your yeah. work. Whereas previously, like if I turn around to my again, my parents, my grandparents said, I want to be an artist, they probably wouldn't consider that a quote unquote real job, right? Yeah. And I think that... You know, particularly when you look at the sneaker design competition, how many people would say oh, I'd love to become a sneaker designer and everyone would probably just laugh in their face and like, all of a sudden they're in the semi-finals and they're going, oh I'll go vote for my friend! This famous sneaker designer just said that they're amazing at shoes, they're going to be the next big like Kanye West, they're going to be the next Michael Jordan, they're going to be the next whatever, like this is insane. All of a sudden the people who doubted you then become your biggest fans. And I think that's what for me is the most special thing about Plus 100 is the fact that even if you don't win, if you make the semi-final or even if you just get like a, a notable commendment or something, you're getting that hopefully boost of self-confidence that can really help you go to the next level because yeah, the career-defining opportunities are amazing, but they're only amazing if you as the winner are like down to actually kind of build off to, build off of that foundation you then need to probably go and try and find other entities to collaborate with or try and build a relationship with that brand to do more collaborations with and build your name. But I think actually the people who hopefully in the coming years will see more stories of people being hired or people doing amazing projects coming out of Plus 100. I would bet the first person to become like famous let's say who's been in one of our competitions will probably be someone that didn't win but actually someone that got a massive self confidence boost from that competition and went on to do their own thing like I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case
0: This is just... You know I'm, I'm just a bit speechless to be fair because everything you said in this whole podcast is just like you know i wanted to come into this podcast really open-minded and of course i've done my research for what what prospect 100 stood for but i didn't i didn't actually want to dive too in depth because i really wanted this to be the first thing i heard as you know as making this podcast right now but actually as a designer because i think that's that's the audience you're Really looking to that, that is your audience you know young designers and this you know I think that I really wanted to come in here with a clean mind and just be like you know who what what is this guy what do they do where do they want to go and i've I've just been inspired you know and i d- I definitely think not all your design competitions are for me, but the ones that are for me I'm definitely going to give it my best shot because I think your message where you're going but most importantly most importantly the way you talk you know and the way you word and the way you talk about your co-founders um, and even the people that work for you is just, it's something that really, is, <clears throat> it's something that quite special people talk, you know, talk in that way and quite people with a lot of ambition and respect for others around them. And the fact that you've been talking about A-class people to just surround yourself with, I can tell that, you know, you're actually a really, really, really good guy and you fully believe in what you're what you're trying to, you know, what you're trying to push in, um, you know, Prospect 100 and you fully believe about everyone around you and I I truly believe from this podcast if, if someone you know if your Sue co co-founders were to tell you something you would 100% listen and take it on um, even just doing this podcast really with us who aren't who haven't really got the biggest podcast you know I really do believe in Prospect 100 and I don't just believe in it for what it's about I believe in it because I know who's behind it and I think that's truly special.
2: I'm bound to say this but it's like, at the end of the day, I, I, I think it's it's hard for me to necessarily explain this to obviously everyone because, again, every founder is going to say this or every co-founder in the world for whatever company is going to say this. But like, the more people see what we're trying to do and hopefully believe in what we're trying to do and then thus share with their friends or even just actively engage with what we're doing and maybe even put something on the story every now and then, it, it's only going to help what we're trying to achieve. Because again, like, and you see so many comments on some of the posts it's like what we're trying to do is really like open up opportunities for young creators right like at the end of the day i don't see anyone else going out trying to open doors at the biggest brands with the biggest individuals to make these opportunities occur and the only way we're going to make bigger opportunities or ensure that these opportunities can be more consistent or it can be even maybe more than four times a year or whatever it might be is the size of our following in a lot of cases because when you go to a brand like they need to see okay what's like if we're being brutally honest like i presume most brands are going to ask what's in it for us in terms of like marketing blah blah, blah. and they need to see if it's a good play for them or they need to be sure that our audience is big enough that they're going to find some amazing creatives hopefully they can work with an or whatever it might be or just collaborate with and so the bigger our audience gets touch wood the easier it's going to be for us to go and find like the biggest entities for the biggest collaboration i think we've been super blessed so far like the entities we've worked with already i mean they would all be in my dream tier if you sat me down and said like, okay hypothetically speaking you have 100 million followers and everyone wants to work with you who would you work with they would all probably be in my top three dream categories yeah. like, i grew up at, like the biggest fan of the seniors the was as a kid swatch again like I literally said from day one as almost as a joke I think for a dream brand it would be swatch and I said actually for a dream competition it would be reinventing a monogram logo now I didn't necessarily put those two together um but the fact that it's come together for this competition for me is just insane and obviously caring we don't speak anymore about how huge they are in the design sphere so for me we've been blessed that the partners we work with so far have understood what we're doing and not necessarily had cared to see 10 million followers on our account because they really believe in what we're doing they believe in supporting young creatives i think that's insane but obviously for us to keep getting more and more brands there will be brands who are going to be like more driven by metrics or driven by marketing etc and i want us to keep opening doors and i've got so many wild ideas for entities we could collaborate with um and judges we could have and at the end of the day like the way we're going to keep opening those doors is by keep growing our audience and yeah. so the more people can share us hopefully we're going to just try and pay
0: it forward by opening even more doors and getting cooler opportunities i think that's amazing i think we, we're really in a good place we've really covered a lot of things and i think this episode is definitely longer than our previous ones which i actually think is great i would if i could ask you one last question it would be coming up you know looking into the future if you could choose one more If it's a person or if it's a brand to work with, um, who would they be and why if you could choose a one? Yeah, I I think for brands,
2: there's obviously a handful who are God, God tier, you know, the brands that every living human knows. Um, The brands like, obviously, you've got your fast food brands, you've got your drinks brands. Um, I think we probably all know like which names those would be. We've got, um, I'm a massive fan of Formula One and sports, so to work with like a sports team, um, like, imagine if we could do a competition, and I'm just going to say like, a random club name, I don't, I don't support them or anything, but imagine if one of our competitions could be to create the new logo for Manchester United, and that was yeah. actually going to be the logo they used for the next 20 years or something. That would be insane. And imagine if you could see Cristiano Ronaldo wearing your logo, going through <laughs> That would be obscene. And i just think that that's the level of competition we're thinking about you know it's like how can we do stuff that's completely wild now in terms of judges there's so many names and i actually have a list written down of people who are, like the dream tier. i think i would be foolish uh, okay actually there's there's two there's like the obvious one i guess for us would be kanye west like yeah god tier without a doubt yeah but the other name which most people think this is where i get deluded Imagine how wild it would be if Banksy judged one of our competitions. I think that would be insane. I think that'd be insane. Um, and we've even discussed before about like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I won't go into, it, but yeah, I think Banksy would be wild because it's just that would be a name you would not expect. But I think that's one of the things which we're trying to do with most of our judging panels. That's pretty really cool. Is like imagine like we're trying to create judging panels that maybe shock or surprise, you know, names that you wouldn't expect to see together for competition, because anyone can have a perception on design, really. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, a perspective on design, I should say, sorry. Um, and so I think, yeah, our aim is always going to be to create judging panels that maybe shock or provide names that you would never expect to see next to each other.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's wild. I think that's, that's a really great answer, because, yeah, like, I could make this one design work and Banksy could have a completely different, you know, he could have a different set of emotions attached to it or he could like in a different ways than, you know, your Kanye West would, exactly like you said, I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy what you're doing, where, you, where you're going, um, the kind of people you surround yourself with and the belief in yourself and the belief you had installed from a very, very, you know, the beginning of building Prospect 100 and I think that's amazing. Um, so I think, that's, I think that will wrap up the podcast very well um, because we've had a lovely chat um, and covered a lot of things. I hope this podcast, um, lastly, um, provides value to a lot of people and a lot of young designers and really, really makes you all um, see what possibilities, you know, are out there for you guys to go and get.
2: I've only just looked at the clock and realised that, you know, we've... I definitely ran too much, but I mean, first of all, thanks to anyone that's still listening at this point. Thank you both for having me as well. I really appreciate it, and obviously, no worries, no worries. Prospect, Um, but yeah, please do take a look at us on Instagram, prospect one zero zero prospect one hundred, and obviously, everyone get involved. I'm looking forward to see both of you entering. Hopefully, the swatch competition. Either of you going to enter?
0: Um, I'll, I'll look into it. Definitely. I would definitely do. I'm it. not
1: really a, um, uh, I don't really design stuff to be honest. <laughs> I'm not really a designer <laughs> kind of guy. Um, more of a numbers guy, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, but yeah.
2: at some point for you. Well, I guess swatch is probably as close as it can get being a watch brand. But, uh, very
0: clever, very clever. Yeah.
2: Well, anyway, but I think that's going
1: to wrap it up for today's episode. Boys and girls joined by our guest, Harry co-founder of Prospects 100 all links in the description for our social media and our guest harry's social media as well as prospects 100 social media
0: in the description my name is hassan <laughs> and my name is joe and you've been listening to the vibing and striving podcast thank you